0: Welcome to Wayne Eye Lutheran Church in Roma Monticello. This is Sunday, July 3rd, 2022. This service was recorded on June 26, 2022 for the 150th Anniversary Worship Service. The presiding pastor is Reverend Gary Hatcham. The accompanist is Barbara Andreessen. The lecturer is Pastor Wade Reddy. This radio broadcast it's given by Michelle and Dennis Frazier in honor of their thirty-sixth wedding anniversary. Visit us on our website at WayneZine.org. Thank you for joining us at Waynezine Lutheran Church. Good morning. good morning. Good morning. It's good to be back and to see you all and nobody's changed or gotten any older and that's nice. <laughs> Uh, Jackie and I are glad to be back among you today, and we pray God blessings for you in 120, 150 years, and um, hope you have many, many more to celebrate. We begin our worship with the brief order for confession and forgiveness, and if you are able, I invite you to stand. We worship today in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. amen. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you, and worthily magnify your holy name, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Let us confess our sin in the presence of God and of one another. Most merciful God. The love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. The Lord be with with you. Let us turn to the prayer of the day. Let us pray. Sovereign God, ruler of all hearts, you call us to obey you, and you favor us with true freedom. Keep us faithful to the ways of your Son, that leaving behind all that hinders us, we may steadfastly follow your paths. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen.
1: Our first reading is taken from 1 Kings, the 19th chapter. When the Lord said to Elijah, Go, return on your way to the wilderness of Damascus. And when you arrive, you shall anoint Hazelah as the king over Aram. Also, you shall anoint Jehu the son of Nimshai, as king over Israel. And you shall anoint Elijah, son of Shaphat, of Abel Mahalah, as prophet in your place. And so he sent out from there, and he found Elijah, son of Shaphat, who was plowing. There were twelve yoke of oxen ahead of him, and he was with the twelfth. Elijah passed by him and threw his mantle over him. He left the oxen, ran for, after Elijah, and said, Let me kiss my father and my mother, and then I will follow you. Then Elijah said to him, Go back again, for what have I done to you? He returned from following him and took the yoke of oxen and slaughtered them. And using the equipment from the oxen, he boiled their flesh and gave it to the people, and they ate. Then he set out and followed Elijah and became his servant. The word of the Lord.
0: Thanks be be to God. God.
1: Our second reading is from Paul's letter to the Galatians, the fifth chapter. For freedom, Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit, against, or submit again to a yoke of slavery. For you are called to freedom, brothers and sisters. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for self-indulgence, but through love become slaves to one another. For the whole law is summoned up in the single commandment. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. If, however, you bite and devour one another, take care that you are not consumed by one another. Live by the Spirit, I say, and do not gratify to the desires of the flesh. For what the flesh desires is opposed to the Spirit, and what the Spirit desires is opposed to the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to prevent you from doing what you want. But if you are lent by the Spirit, you are not subject to the law, now the works of the flesh are obvious. Fornification, impurity, licentiousness, idolatry, sorcery, enmities, strife, jealousy, anger, quarrels, dissensions, fractions, envy, drunkenness, carousing, and things like these. I am warning you, as I warned you before, those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. By contrast, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against such things. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also be guided by the Spirit. Word of the Lord. Our service continues on page 142 with the gospel acclamation. I invite the congregation to please rise.
0: You have the words of eternal life. Hallelujah, hallelujah. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the ninth chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. When the days drew near for Jesus to be taken up, he set his face to go to Jerusalem, and he sent messengers ahead of him. On their way, they entered a village of the Samaritans to make ready for him, but they did not receive him because his face was set toward Jerusalem. When his disciples, James and John, saw it, they said, Lord, do you want us to command fire to come down from heaven and consume them? But he turned and rebuked them. Then they went on to another village. As they were going along the road, someone said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. To another he said, Follow me. But he said, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. But Jesus said to him, Let the dead bury their own dead. But as for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Another said, I will follow you, Lord, but first let me say farewell to those of my home. Jesus said to him, No one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Father, the ages are as a moment to you. The eons roll by and they are but a heartbeat. But for us, the years are long. And they are filled with many good blessings and joys as well as challenges and sorrows. We rejoice that your word has been faithful in this place for 150 years and that you have been at work among your people here in all those years. We pray that by your grace and mercy that that work in your name will continue down through the ages until our Lord returns. Now, Lord, gather us around your word. Help us to hear it. And in hearing it, help us to live. We ask and pray all these things in your name. Amen. From the sixth chapter of Isaiah In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up. And his train filled the temple. And above him stood the seraphim. For I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For I in eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a burning coal, which he had taken with tongs from the altar. And he touched my mouth and said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away, and your sin forgiven. And I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? and who will go for us. Then I said, Here I am. Send me. These are your words, Heavenly Father. Sanctify us in truth. Your word is truth. Amen. Friends, grace and peace to today from God our Father through our risen Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. First of all, I want to bring you greetings from your brothers and sisters in Christ at St. Paul Lutheran in Garnevillo and 1st Lutheran McGregor. They rejoice with you as you celebrate your 150th anniversary of your congregation and pray God's blessings for many years to come, many years of faithful service in this place in Jones County. And I thank you for the invitation to be here. I'm humbled that you want me to be with you today as you celebrate this special time of remembering and honoring the Lord's work here at Wayne. I have been blessed to have served as your pastor. I treasure still many memories of my time among you. Wayne Zion lingers deep within my heart with great fondness. It is a place that to our family, both Jackie and myself and our kids, is a special memory for us all. When I looked at the theme for the day, celebrating the pastors who served, I thought to myself, well, that's a weighty topic. And I considered, well, they could have gotten somebody better equipped to talk about that than me, but I guess since you chose me, I will do my best. And we'll talk about what it is to serve in pastoral ministry, to be a pastor of a congregation, to preach the word of God. And as I thought about this topic for the day, I am reminded of advice I received When I began my first pastorate nearly 45 years ago, we moved to the wilds of northern Minnesota, northwestern Minnesota. We were closer to Winnipeg, Canada than we were to the Twin Cities. We lived in that part of Minnesota where the only way that you knew that it was not winter is when you were being bitten by mosquitoes. (laughs) I was called to serve Maple Lake, Hitterdal, and Rudness Lutheran congregations. And as a newly minted pastor, I was a combination of bumbling incompetence overlaid with the veneer of, I know it all. Of course, most green pastors are that way. They want to believe that they are the most talented thing to ever have landed in that congregation. And that's when God sent a messenger, an angel from heaven, if you will, in the person of H.S. Larson. A retired pastor in the area who had served in northwestern Minnesota for almost 50 years. And he had words of wisdom for me. He said, Gary, you will do well in the ministry and in serving a parish if you remember two very important things. First of all, always preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. And secondly, you're not the first pastor this congregation has had. And that was good advice. It helped focus me on the responsibility of being a pastor, preaching the death and the resurrection of Jesus, rightly administering the holy sacraments, and never forgetting that a congregation has a history that preceded me that God's people had been serving in that place for many years prior to my coming and would be serving the Lord long after I had moved on and was just another face on the wall somewhere. A pastor is a gift to a congregation, but it is a gift of God through the Holy Spirit. And it is through the Holy Spirit that the pastor working with the congregation is able to accomplish the ministry that they are called to do. Your history here has been shaped by many devout and dedicated members over the last 150 years, who from the founding of Wayne Zion down to this day have made it the vibrant, spiritual place that it is. I pray that that will continue to go forward. As you have accomplished that, God has provided you with faithful servants of the word. He has sent pastors to you, And you are reminded that as St. Paul reminds us, that there are a variety of gifts given within the body of Christ. And among those gifts are those who are called to shepherd God's flock. Each pastor, in their own way, has heard the call that Isaiah heard in our text. Whom shall I send and who will go for us? Now most of us don't hear it with seraphim floating around and smoke filling the church, but we hear the call nonetheless. And it is a call that we cannot ignore. It is a call that we must fulfill. It is a call that is like our breath and our heartbeat to us. It is something that we must do. For God has laid upon us the responsibility of bringing his word and celebrating the sacraments. And pastors, if they are all sensible, feel the weight and the responsibility of their office and of the challenge and the privilege of caring for God's people, for being the shepherd of the flock that is the congregation that is entrusted to their care. They feel that responsibility and they feel that weight and they are given the gifts as they are able to work among the members of a congregation. And we receive blessings because of that. It is a blessing to be among you. We are blessed to be there when children are born and are baptized. We are blessed to teach And especially the blessing of teaching confirmation. I told my congregations in Garnavillo and McGregor that I will be a pastor and preach to them as long as I do two things well. I enjoy preaching and it makes sense on Sunday morning and I don't mind teaching confirmation. And so far that's continuing. Confirmation is always a joy because I learn more from the kids than they do from me. Although at times I really marvel at the fact that they can remember every word of the most prominent popular song but can't for the life of them remember their memory work for that week. <laughs> but it's still a blessing because they come with all kinds of questions and questions that makes my mind think and struggle in order to teach them well. A pastor is blessed with the gift and the responsibility of bringing a word of hope and promise into people's lives as they contend with the challenges that life brings. We come with the consolation of God's promises in Jesus Christ. And we come not merely for the uncomplicated and easy times, but God calls us in to all of those times when everything has gone off the rails. God sends your pastors into the storms of life to comfort and console to laugh with you and to cry with you to know that our hearts break with you when life seems to be the darkest of all valleys to remind you that even in that dark place God in Jesus Christ is with you as you celebrate 150 years recalling the roles of all the servants God sent among you we treasure them in our hearts, and I hope and pray that you can. For all of us have that memory of a faithful and caring pastor who was important to our faith, who helped guide us when we had more questions than answers, when we wanted to know more about about God and yet didn't know how to ask the questions. You have been blessed here with so many pastors who have fulfilled that responsibility. And I rejoice with you that God has sent among you your current pastor, Wade. I'm grateful for his shepherding among you, and I've come to know him as a colleague and a friend. And I have no doubt that he preaches and teaches the faith as faithfully as any pastor in the history of this congregation. Working with him, I am confident that the good news of Christ will continue not only to be preached and proclaimed, but lived out among you. And for that, I give God thanks. For that ministry and that work not only touches your lives, but reaches beyond the walls of this congregation. For that's what it is to be in ministry in partnership with your pastor. To continue to be blessed by the receiving of the word and the administration of the sacraments, but also to carry that word, that ministry, outside the walls, back out into the community. And in order to help you accomplish that, there are things you can do that can sustain your pastor, that you can undergird and support them. The first and most important thing is to pray for your pastors. A pastor can accomplish a great deal when they know that the prayers of the faithful are supporting them. It's important to know that those prayers are there because pastors, like other human beings, have times when they just get weary and are worn out and tired. There are times when discouragement tends to overwhelm us. And we wonder whether or not we're accomplishing anything good at all. And that's when they know and knowing that your prayers are with them and for them that can uplift and sustain. Always pray for your pastor. I always have to remind my congregation that there is a significant difference between praying for your pastor and praying about your pastor. (laughs) Do the first and not the second. Open and honest communication, speaking the truth in love, nurtures mutual trust. The pastor genuinely wants to know your joys and your sorrows. He wants to care for your flock. But unfortunately, the pastor is often the very last person to hear anything important or useful. I could tell you a number of times when someone comes to church on Sunday and says, Why didn't you come see me in hospital? Well, I didn't know you were there. Or, Pastor, do you know this that happened six weeks ago? And no, I didn't. Or, Pastor, there's some concerns we have. Those are important to share. We want to know those things. We want to hear them. We'd rather hear them a dozen times than not at all. Because we can't minister if we don't know. And contrary to popular belief and imagination, pastors are not psychic, and we do not have the gift of insight and in reading people's minds. One thing that really blesses and strengthens the pastor is joyful worship, attentive worship. People attentive not only to the liturgy and the hymns and the scriptures, but to the sermons, to the word preached and the word given in the sacraments of the Lord's Supper and Holy Baptism. It is important as you support your pastors, as you have over the years, to remember that the word liturgy means the work of the people, that the pastor leads you in worship and does not worship for you, but worships with you. And it is a great blessing to your pastor to hear something from the worship that day or that that Sunday that meant something to you. That sermon was good, pastor, or that hymn finally got to me. One of the most priceless moments I've had in ministry took place a number of years ago when I was communing one of my shut-ins. I had been communing him regularly for years and as we sat in his living room and we began the communion liturgy I led him through the confession and then came to the absolution and I said your entire forgiveness of all your sins as we did at the beginning of services here and he stopped me and said You know, I just realized that means me. All those years he had heard those words and finally they sunk in. And that was a blessed moment. When those happen in worship and in sermon, let your pastor know. Let those who prepare the music and lead the singing know. Because they put in long hours of preparation so that the worship is a blessing to those who gather in the name of Christ. And your pastor benefits from having the space to be themselves. Each pastor comes to you with strengths and weaknesses, with things that they do really well and things they couldn't do if you put their life on the line for it. We all bring unique gifts. Some of our gifts are similar to the pastors who have gone before us, but one of the greatest gifts you can give a pastor is to not compare them to the pastors who have gone before them. Well, pastor so-and-so never did that, or pastor so-and-so did this, Or like my one counsel said, well, pastor so-and-so used to come and shovel the walks on Sunday mornings before church began. And I told him, well, I don't think we can get him to come back from Minnesota on Sundays when it snows. (laughs) To do that. And know that your pastor is keenly aware that there will be times when, in spite of their best efforts, they will come short. And yes, even disappoint the flock. And I tell my congregations, if I stay here long enough, I'll disappoint every one of you. (laughs) That's not my plan, but it will happen. And when those kinds of times happen, offering charity and forgiveness to your pastor is one of the greatest kindnesses you can give. For too often, pastors who offer regularly the words of forgiveness and absolution and mercy to you and to others have a hard time forgiving themselves have a hard time believing that those words apply to them and we feel our failures, real or imagined, very keenly because we genuinely want to serve the Lord and to serve the congregation as faithfully and as well as we can and we know all too well where we just simply don't get the job done. And so in those times, charity and compassion are a welcome gift. But of Wayne, I can say, thankfully, you have demonstrated that kind of love and support for your shepherds over the last 150 years. I know that in recent times, you have shown that kind of love and understanding to Pastor Wade as he needed the much precious time to be with his family and his father in his father's last days. I know from our conversations that 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 grace, that mercy to be with his family and with his dad mean more to him than his words will be ever able to express to you. And I know of what I speak because that same kind of mercy, grace, and love was shown to myself and my family when my brother Doug was dying and I got to spend his final days with him. And you gave me the time to not only be with him, but to sorrow and to grieve after his death. That is a gift that you gave, and it is a gift that is treasured in our hearts, and I thank you for it. And I pray that you can continue to hold that kind of love for those whom God has called to serve you. But most of all, to serve and to support your pastor and to work with your pastor, continue to show the love of the Lord that has been in this place for all these years. What began in 1872 continues today in 2022. And I pray that empowered by the Holy Spirit, The love of Christ at work in the world will be shown in this place, but not only in this place, but as you go back out into your world, as you go out the walls of the church, back to the communities, let the love of Jesus Christ that the word of God brings to you, that is shared with you by your pastors and the servants of Christ who work in this place, carry you through the week. So the people hear and see in you something that touches the empty spot within them that only Christ can fill and that they can say to themselves and maybe work up the courage to say to you how is it that you have such a strong way of getting through such a challenging week and you can say to them I come from a place of grace and mercy and love called Wayne Zion Lutheran Church and there God nurtures and feeds me so that I have the privilege of hearing his word and receiving his sacraments you should come and be with us too. And if you don't believe that's true, I want to tell you a story. 1964. Yes, there was a 1964. Some of you remember it. A 14-year-old boy had invited his friend to spend the night with him on a Saturday. And on Saturday night, about 8 o'clock, Jim Severson said to Gary Hatcher, I've got to go to church in the morning. You want to go with me? My family were unchurched Methodists, so I hadn't been inside a church my entire life, and I thought, okay, fine, I'll go, Jim. And one thing led to another. And I thought, well, I'll go to confirmation. And then I realized I wasn't baptized, and I got baptized by Pastor Jolivet. And then somewhere between my junior and senior year in high school, I found myself sitting in Pastor Jolivet's office saying, I think God wants me to be a pastor. And Jolly said, okay, come back after your sophomore year in college and we'll talk. And I did. And because of that invitation, I'm standing before you today, 45 years of public ministry behind me, because somebody said, you want to come to church with me tomorrow? Trust the Holy Spirit, who empowers your pastors, will claim the word of God, who has been at work in this place for 150 years, and will be at work in this place until Jesus returns because I'm confident that Wayne Zion will be here until then. Give thanks for the gift of faithful ministry, of faithful members, of the word proclaimed and the sacraments administered. Give thanks to the God who has sustained you, sent you faithful. Receive the benediction. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace, serve the Lord. Thanks Thanks be be to God. God. Liturgy copyright 2021, Augsburg Fortress, all rights reserved. Music and lyrics reprinted with permission under one license, number A 729734.